Sunday morning, and we are in a study on the same thing we teach every time we get up. It's a fight between false doctrine and true doctrine. It's actually the antagonism of the other Jesus and the Jesus of the Bible. The Christmas Jesus that men worship at Christmas time is the wrong Jesus. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. It is what I call an easy Jesus. The Christmas Jesus doesn't do the things that the real Jesus of the Bible does. Christmas is an easy time. It's time to go and get around your family and let your brother-in-law cuss or tell a dirty joke because they're not there to worship Jesus. They're there to have this annual party that they have in the name of another Jesus. I want us to go over to Second Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. I have brought this out so many times. This is the other Jesus is the wrong Jesus. The Jesus we're supposed to be serving is the Jesus of the Bible. The baby Jesus had a different name in every culture. In Rome, the baby Jesus was called the eternal boy who never grew up. He was never crucified, never buried, and never resurrected. Isn't it amazing? Everybody will gather around the baby Jesus in a manger at Christmas time, and they'll sit there and admire him, and they say that they adore him. Adore. Adore means to worship. If you worship Christ, you will be obedient to him, and you won't be doing Christmas. If you worship him, you'll be obeying him. Well, this Christmas Jesus is a mushy, gushy Jesus that doesn't take any, it doesn't have any real hard driving conviction. People like the baby Jesus, but they don't like the grown up Jesus. So they wait for the following year to worship the baby Jesus again. But they don't want, they do not want what the grown up Jesus says you have to do. Between the time he was 30 to 33. They don't like what he said there. We like him so we can just admire him as a baby in a little crib in a manger. That's all we want in him. Now look here in 2 Corinthians. This is one of my favorite verses concerning apostasy in the world. 2 Corinthians 11th chapter. If y'all are waiting for me, I'll get there. The 11th chapter, and we'll start here in reading in verse 1. This is the Christmas Jesus. You say, do you talk about Christmas all year long? Well, you're talking about the Christmas Jesus. When you're talking about the Jesus that they serve in all these churches, they don't have any conviction about him at Christmas time. Everybody shuts their mouth. Have you ever seen anybody witness at a Christmas party and say, you have to take your cross and die daily. You have to repent of sin. 
You ever heard that while somebody is opening a Christmas present? Well, thank God for this new rifle. I'm going to go out and find somebody that needs this so they can shoot. uh, Going to find a poor farmer that lives out in the country so he can go out and shoot deer with this rifle. God bless you. Here it is. You believe that? Now, don't believe anybody's doing that at the Christmas time. Would to God you would bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. Paul says, I'm going to speak to you foolishly the way some men speak. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. He's talking to the church at Corinth. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Whenever I see this, man, immediately my mind goes a dozen directions. Because he says in Revelation, the 14th chapter, I'm not going, I'm trying not to wander around and chase rabbits, but I always think this verse reminds me of what the 14th chapter of Revelation says when it says, these, speaking of the 144,000 in verse 4, these are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. The 144,000, 12 times 12, is the number of the total church. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. Follow is the word akulatheo, A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O, A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. It means to be in the same way with isn't it amazing we run into this every time we turn around that word way is the word hodos hodos and there are two ways a narrow way and a broad way now the other jesus doesn't preach the narrow way when you go into these churches across america the baptist churches, the pentecostal churches that word narrow is the word th L-I-B-O, it is a form of the word T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. One is the verb, the other is the noun, and it means tribulation. It's a tribulation way. You try to go to these churches, and they won't tell you, you have to go through tribulation to go to heaven. I'm not sorry to say this to you. When Paul said, after he was stoned and left for dead outside of Lister, he said, we must through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. If a preacher doesn't preach that, he's preaching the wrong way. And if you don't believe you have to go through tribulation, you're not going to heaven when you die. That's all the Bible. The Bible says so. That other Jesus doesn't preach this. Let's go back. And then he, when he says these are virgins, let me go ahead and read the rest of that in Revelation 14, he says, these are virgins. You want to know who the... This is really funny. People say, who are the 144,000? 144,000 Jews. It's a number. It's a figurative number for the church. Then he says, these are they which follow in the same narrow way with. Jesus says, straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And only few will find this tribulation way. If a preacher doesn't preach the tribulation 
the way into heaven, you're not going. You have to have tribulation. How does that come about? Well, you're going to open your mouth and say things that you've learned here about the truth to people out there in the world. You say, Jim, I'm just a housewife. I can't say much. You don't have to say much. If it's in your heart, it'll come out your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll know what a man's thinking. Talk to him for five minutes. If money's in his heart, it'll come out of his mouth. If his house and car being neat is in his mouth and his heart, it'll come out of his mouth. If God is in his heart, it'll come out of his mouth. Whatever you believe will come out your mouth. The Bible says that we have to confess Christ. Boy, that's one of my favorite subjects. If thou shalt confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But what's in the mouth will come, what's in the heart will come out your mouth. You can't live without talking about what you know to be true. Did you know that? You're not going to heaven if you never talk about Christ because he's not in your heart. What's in your heart is what you talk about. Does anybody have a hard time talking about the Lord? Well, do you ever talk about him? Do you ever talk about the truth? I don't do Christmas anymore. Maybe if that's all you say, or I believe God's in charge of everything. Uh, I'm not going to worry about this. Somebody's stressing out. You say, well, I believe the Lord works all things after the counsel of his own will. You don't have to be real in-depth. Just say something for Christ. If you never confess Christ... But confessing Christ is not just words, it's what you do. If you, if you don't believe in doing truth, I was raised in a Baptist preacher's so home. My father would quote Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works. All those independent Baptists will emphasize it's not of works. Let me tell you, faith works. Faith worketh by agape. Agape is walking in the commandments of God. Faith works by love. Faith without works is dead. If you have a faith that doesn't do the things that God says, you're going to hell one day. If, it, if you never want to obey God and do what he says, you don't have real faith. That's a hard word, isn't it? And these preachers don't preach that. Faith has to work. We've gone through faith and all the things it does. You have to confess Christ, but confessing is doing. Homologeo, H-O-M-O-L-O-G-E-O. That's the word confess. And it's also the word profess in certain verses. So if you confess Christ, you, you agree with and how many times do you agree with God? Do you walk down an aisle and agree with him here at the altar? Or do you agree with him every day? Of the same homo, homo, a homosexual is of the same sex. Homo logeo is of the same logos word. You will agree with God with your mouth and it will come out your mouth somewhere in your life, and you will go under tribulation for that. That's how tribulation comes. You say and do the truth. I used to, I was raised to believe, don't ever mention works. 
works for works for for salvation are not true but works in salvation is absolutely true we are his workmanship we brought this out so many times ephesians 2 10 i was raised in baptist preacher's home i never heard those independent baptists ever quote verse 10 they always quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace you are saved through faith, not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Don't anybody ever talk about works. If you do, we're going to shoot you. That's kind of the attitude they had. We are his workmanship. Poema. Boy, I put this on the board so many times. P-O-I-E-M-A. It comes to the Lord Poeo, P-O-I-E-O, which to make or do. Make or do. And poema, it's not the common word make or do. It is a word that means to make or do beautifully. It has the idea of being like a mosaic or like being a tapestry. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good is the word agathos, A-G-A-T-H-O-S. Agathos means beneficial works, not works of self-righteousness, not legalism. But if God has birthed us, he's going to insist that we do the good works of God. We're going to have to get rid of our works, our mouths, talking about us and we've got to think about others and we've got to forget this idea it's about me that's babylonianism isn't it that's let us make us a name i've been meaning to say some of these things and this is going to be hard on you and it's hard on me i've said a lot of these things we're his workmanship created in christ jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained. I love the word before ordained. Proetoiamazo. P-R-O-E-T-O-I-M-A-Z-O. Proetoiamazo is a construction of two words. Actually, a prefix pro before and H-E-T-O-I-M-A-Z-O. Hetoiamazo means to fit up, fit up, Pro means before or in advance. God has fitted us up in advance to do the good works of Christ. If you're not obedient to God, you don't believe God. Jim, I'm not very obedient at this point. Well, if you're his elect, you will learn to become obedient. I've watched my wife change. And she, she, she's been reading a lot of Bible. Just she's gone through all this sickness and all this heart problem and all this, and she started reading. She read. She would say, "I'm reading through uh, Joshua." And she read through Isaiah and read through Jeremiah these last few weeks. And she said, "Why did these people do what they're doing?" I said, "Same reason that America's doing what it's doing. They call themselves Christians, but they worship another Jesus in these churches. There's nothing required of the Christians. Just accept Christ and walk down the aisle, and you're home free. No, you're not. That doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. 
I couldn't figure out how to accept Christ when I was a little boy. I kept walking out. I walked the aisle so many times, my father would just get to where he'd say, Oh, God, there comes Jimmy again. If you don't know tonight and you die tonight, I say, I don't know. I'm going to take off down the aisle again. And one of these days, I'm going to ask Daddy, I don't know how to accept Christ. Would you take that songbook and hand it to me and I'll pretend it's Jesus? I was that frustrated at 11 and 12 years old. I wanted Jesus so bad in my heart. I didn't know how to get him. You can't get him. He has to get you. He has to receive you. You can't receive him. He scourges every son. He receiveth. There in Hebrews 12. Guess what that word receiveth is? Decomai. D E C. He has to accept us. We cannot accept him. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Comes from the word deck is the word ten. This means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that has been given, and God has to accept us. We don't accept him. If he accepts us, he births us, and then he says, Now you're going to behave and you're going to do my will. No, I don't hear anybody talking about the will, of, not our else. There is no such thing with God. It's my way or the highway. He said, it's my way, period. You will do what I put in your heart, and you will. If you're really a believer, you're going to do these things. I'm really strict on doing the things of God. And he goes on to say in Revelation 14, Neither were they which are not defiled women. That's the virgins of 11 chapter of Second Corinthians. And then he says, These which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth, these are redeemed from among men, being the first fruits. The first fruits are the first crop, the first figs that would come in in fig season. It would be the first wheat that would come in in wheat season that they had to give as an extra offering to God besides the tithe, besides taking care of the poor. And James 1.18 says, Of his own will beget he us by the word of truth that we would be a kind of first fruits. If we're the first fruits, we're the 144,000. That's 12 times 12,000. 12 is the number of the total church. That is a figurative number for God's people. Now, go back over here to 2 Corinthians 11. We're talking about the other Jesus that the preachers in America preach. I'm going to make this real hard on you and on me. He says, I'm jealous with you over godly jealousy. I've espoused you to one husband that you may present yourself as chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, I'm afraid for you, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. He beguiled Eve. Ex of apatao. E-X-A-P-A-T-E-O. E-X. A-P-A-T-E-O. Remember the word apatao? It means to delude. This word here means to delude completely. It means to completely delude. As the serpent beguiled Eve, she was completely deluded. You know why? For the same reason the preachers preach in America. 
Satan merely put the word of God in question as to what it means. When God says, thou shalt not eat of that tree, Satan said, did God say you can't eat of any tree of the garden? Is that what he said? He didn't say it's okay to eat of that tree in the middle of the garden. He said, did God say, he put in question what God said, and that's what the preachers are preaching. When you quote Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son, preachers will say, well, God didn't mean that. He meant something else. We'll have to find a doctor of theology to explain to us what God meant. Well, I'm a doctor of theology. I'll tell you what he meant. He meant what he said. I'm more of a doctor than those doctors are. I've known some doctors of theology. They're disgusting. Eve was beguiled through his subtility. Panogia, P-A-N-O-U-R-G-I-A. P-A-N-O-R-G-I-A. P-A-N-O-U-R. P-A-N-O-U-R-G-I-A. Trickery. Satan was being tricky when he beguiled Eve. Did God say, well, he didn't really mean that. He knows that uh, when you eat of that tree, you'll be wise like him. These preachers put in question what God said. He means what he says. He says we have to go into heaven through tribulation. If you don't ever suffer tribulation, they were trying to kill Paul at Lystra when they stoned him and left him for dead. They wanted him dead. And then they chased him all over the civilized world, everywhere he went. He was dropped down in a basket over one wall, running from the enemy. And the enemy is usually the preachers. The Pharisees were the ones that were trying to kill him. He could talk to pagans and they'd say, that sounds interesting. And then some Pharisees, Baptist preachers, would come in and say, look, we've got to kill that guy. He's trying to tear down our beliefs. I don't like the preachers that won't preach tribulation, trial, and persecution. If you believe in this easy Jesus, you don't believe in tribulation. You don't believe in a daily cross. If you don't believe in a daily cross and preachers don't preach that, you cannot go to heaven and you're not a believer. Jesus did, I didn't say this, Jesus said in Luke 14, 27, he that beareth not his cross and followeth after me cannot be my disciple. You can't be following Christ. Disciple, mathetes. Disciple means a learner. Get our word math from that. In math, you have to go by the mathematical rules. If you're in algebra or or you're in geometry, you have to go by the axioms and the postulates. You have rules of the Bible. If you don't believe in a daily cross, you cannot be a... How in the world are you going to obey God if you don't believe you have to crucify self and learn what the Bible says and do it? Well, people will say, Jim Brown preaching works for salvation. No, I am not. I'm preaching God saves who he wills, picks them out before the foundation of the world, births him somewhere, 
crosses their path with the preaching of truth, cuts in the heart, brings them alive, and says, Now, you're mine, and you will obey me, not or else. It's my word, no other word. Do it. And if you don't do the truth, you don't know God. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. Right? So what he told Nicodemus. He that doeth righteousness righteous. Boy, righteousness, I got the store under. You know what that word means? He said, no, and I said, it's very simple. You won't understand the Greek word. The Greek word is D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. That's the word righteousness. Righteous. You have to be doing righteousness to be righteous. And you have to be righteous in order to belong to God somewhere along the way. God has to deal with you. It comes to the word D-K, D-I-K-E, which is the word right. Do you know what right is? Does anybody know what it's like to do right? Do you know when you're doing wrong? When people call me and say, should I be doing this, Jim? I say, well, if you have to ask me, you probably shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Well, is it all right to go to this club? I say, no. Is it hard to live with my girlfriend without being married? No. I've told people that here. I say, no, you can't live with your girlfriend. You need to marry her, and if she don't believe the truth, don't marry her. Get away from her. And a lot of times they'll marry me anyway. And sometimes they'll marry me, and then they'll convert to truth, and I'll say, okay, everything's okay now. Now, grow. You have to grow into doing and being righteous. Now, where was I? All right. The easy Jesus doesn't believe in tribulation, a daily cross. Without a daily cross, you cannot know God. You can't obey him without a daily cross because you're obeying yourself. Well, I don't know how to be convicted. You won't convict yourself if God doesn't come into your heart and convict you to do what's right. You won't do right. I've been accused of doing wrong, but that doesn't make me do wrong. I have to examine myself and be true to myself and say, here's what you need to do. Do right. Do truth. You have to do the truth. Truth, what do you do when Jesus told Nicodemus, he that doeth truth cometh to the light? You're not coming to the light if you're not doing truth. What is truth? Aletheia. A-L-E-T-H-E-I is the word truth. Comes the word lanthano, which means to lie hid or conceal. When you place the alpha privative, the alpha, first letter of the Greek alphabet, it negates the word that follows, gives an opposite meaning. When you put the alpha privative, the first letter of the Greek alphabet in front of lanthano, It means not to hide anything until you start doing some of that. Do you ever tell anybody any truth about anything in the Bible? We don't celebrate Christmas anymore. We find it as paganism. I believe God has arranged all things somewhere in your life. You don't have to get real deep theological, but you have to be doing the truth. Otherwise, you don't believe God. If you're just living your life the way you want to live. Well, I walked down the aisle and accepted Christ. No, you didn't. 
You can't walk the aisle and accept Christ when you're dead in your sin. The Bible says so. Now, let's keep reading here. Eve was beguiled by Satan's panagia, trickery. These preachers are tricking you when they tell you that predestination is not in the Bible. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. Called, justified, and glorified, and predestinated. In that verse 30 are all past tense verbs. That's happened before the foundation of the world. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. (laughs) Ephesians 1 and 5. We've been predestined to be adopted as children into the family. That's not your will or my will. That's God's will. Adoption. H-U-I-O-T-H-E-S-I-A. H-U-I-O-T-H-E-S-I-A. Huothusia. From huios and tithome. means to place tithome sons. Place sons. You don't place yourself in the kingdom. Somewhere in life, God convicts your heart, and you have to believe God. This is not a matter of whether you want to. When you believe God, what do you believe? Does anybody ever wonder what you believe? Do you believe Jesus is God, and he lives in the heavens, he came down to earth, and he died on the cross? Is that what you believe? Or do you believe you have to do the things he said? Do you have to agonize? Well, certainly you have to believe he died and came to save sinners, but that's not only there's to believe. People don't know what it's like to, to believe in Jesus. You have to believe what he said. You have to strive to enter into the straight gate. You have to agonize over your own sin and self. Are you agonizing? If you never agonize in your life over giving up the flesh and giving up self, you're not a believer. That's what he said. If you don't humble yourself under the hand of God. It's amazing to me. God's hand, David said, is unbelievers. Deliver me from the wicked, which is thy sword in thy hand. In, in, in the 17th chapter of Psalms. Deliver me from unbelievers, which is your sword. And the Bible says, and it's your hand. If God says, humble yourself under the hand of God, you will never humble yourself. You'll never humble to God. Humble means to level. I love Mr. Vine. This is probably the only thing I got out of Vine's dictionary. I love what he said about humble. T-A-P-E-I-N-O-O. He says it means to level mountains and hills and there's two mountains in the scripture there's Zion where God's people live that's God's Israel and we're spiritual Israel and there is Babylon which is the mountain of pride which is self founded on self let us make us a name Babylon has to be leveled before God. If you'll say to this mountain of Babylon, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. 
You have to be humble. If you're never humble to God to be obedient to his word, you don't believe God. You're not saved. You're not going to heaven. You mean there's... I you, I thought when I was a little kid and I'd hear preachers, hear my father read the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. I thought that was a special brand of Christians. I don't believe that anymore. I believe you have to be poor in spirit. Poor. Tokas. P-T-O-C-H-O-S. Emptied out of self as though a beggar standing there in the shadow saying, whatever you would have me to have, God. You have to become that or you don't belong to God or you're not going to heaven. Forget walking down the aisle and accepting some preacher's lie about all you got to do is accept Christ. That's not true. If you're not obedient to God, you got that other Jesus. It's the wrong one. I have this has been on my heart. There's no blood baptism with the easy Jesus. They just dip people in water. Baptize doesn't mean to dip in water. There was a water dipping. That was a proselyte washing. The only reason Jesus was washed to make the Pharisees listen to him. It was halakha. Boy, I don't have time to go into halakha and explain that. And I can talk about halakha all day long. That was the Pharisees' law of God, that they had corrupted the word of God. And Jesus started off on his first message in Matthew 5, correcting them. I'm correcting the preachers all the time. People call that bitter. If I hear somebody lying to you, well, you can drive through this 45-mile speed zone, 85 miles an hour if you want to. Nobody's going to stop you. The cop's going to stop you down there and give you a ticket. You can't just make up the rules the way you want to. Preachers. Sounds like I'm angry this morning. I'm angry with these lying preachers preaching the other Jesus. It is an easy Jesus, isn't it? I don't like the easy Jesus. I got a sister-in-law. She's a singer with my brother. She got on TV one night and said the stupidest thing. I never forget it. It's one of the most prominent things I remember about her. She said, "You just got to believe in Jesus. He's easy." Mary, you're ignorant. I'm not talking my wife. I'm talking his wife. <laughs> stupid, stupid woman. It's not easy. Favorite verse over there in First Peter four, eighteen. If the righteous scarcely be saved. How scarcely molis, M-O-L-I-S. That's another one of my favorite verses. comes to the Lord, M-O-G-I-S, which means with great difficulty. You're saved. God does. It's not hard for God. But boy, this tribulation that he has, says we have to go through, that narrow way, that's hard. took me a long time to come as brave and as bold as I am today. I was scared to witness to people when I was 26, 28. I was preaching all over the country, but before I was coming up to people in public, my heart would pound and go, oh, I need to talk to them. And I couldn't figure out how to talk to them. Has anybody ever done that? <laughs> Thank you. 
I know most of us have. Until you learn enough verses and until you learn that God works all things after the counsel of his own will. And if you're talking to a goat, they will never hear. And if you're talking to sheep, they can't keep from hearing. This is not up to you. Don't try to convince. Does anybody try to convince people that they talk to? Stop that. <laughs> Just say the truth to them. If they understand, if they belong to God, they will hear it. Maybe not today, the day you talk to them, but they'll hear it somewhere. And they may not come back in your presence, but they'll hear it. Your job is not to convert anyone. Your job is to be a hose, a water hose. What does the water hose have to do with the plant growing? Nothing. It just streams the water out there. The water's the Holy Spirit and hits the ground. And it's God that plants the seed. And we just give the seed out. And we just are water hose. We're a conduit. Our job is not to convert people. Our job is to preach truth. Just like Ezekiel there in the 37th chapter. God says, in this valley of dry bones, that's very dry. Ezekiel, you preach the truth. I'll cause the bones to come together. And I will breathe life into them. It'll be me that does it. Our job is to do what God said do. I'm getting more convicted about that every day. There's no blood baptism among the other Jesus. Baptize comes from baptizo and bapto, meaning to cover and baptism meaning to stain with the dye. And a blood baptism was a death. It was the same thing as a daily cross. And there's no daily cross in these preachers' churches. You have to understand that a cross, you didn't have a cross in the first century by being behind on your bills. That's not a daily cross. By being without a job, that's not a cross. By having your bills piled out on you. By being sick, that's not a daily cross. A cross is, you had to be condemned to a cross in the first century for telling truth. They killed Jesus and accused him of lying, accused him of blaspheming. That's, they have to be lying about you to put you on a cross. We're not supposed to be lying or whispering about each other. When I have something to say about people here, and I say it to Mary, I say positive things about y'all. Did you know that? I don't gossip about the church. We don't have any business. I'm going to go into that here later on, uh, messages maybe next week or so. We're supposed to be compassionate and gentle and kind and tenderhearted and meek. We're supposed to be. That's part of doing the truth. Doing the truth is not having your wind gossiping about people. That's not what it is. If you don't ever learn that, you don't ever learn you have to change. You have to become a new creature, a new creation in Christ, and do things that the old you wouldn't recognize you for doing. Have you ever come to that place? Have you ever come to a place saying, well, I'm not the way I used to be. God has to change us. Now, let's get back over here to to Second Corinthians 11. But I fear lest any man by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his trickery so your minds your noema n-o-e-m-a 
your intellect, your thinking and perception. Your perception of things are twisted. Like the preachers would say, God didn't mean predestination. Yes, he did. What do you think he meant? Proho-rizzo is the word predestinate. Predetermined for the boundary of light. But light is something you do. Proho-rizzo is the word predestinate. I keep saying this. Let me make this as simple as I can. It is an absolute necessity to preach predestination to people in order to explain to them how to get to heaven. Without predestination, I've got a message on tape. I had Mike May, we had a bunch of them. Predestination is the only way to heaven. It's the only way to heaven. Why is it the only way to heaven? Well, because Paul said there is none, none, none that seeketh after God. There is none that understandeth. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Now, how is a man dead in his sin going to get into heaven? He has to be preordained for it. God has to pick him out so God can come to him somewhere in his life. You're not just predestined to be in heaven without without doing anything. People think predestination is something we believe that God did before the foundation of the world that we get to heaven no matter what we do. No predestination is about what we do. He's predestined us pro-horizo before determined for the boundary of God. That word horizo is our word horizon. God has predetermined that we will be in the light and that's something you do. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. You can't get to heaven without obedience. Take your concordance and look up the word obey or obedience. See how many times that God's talking about obedience to the faith. You have to obey the faith. You have to obey believing. Believe is the verb. Faith is the noun. You have to be doing what God says do. Does anybody feel guilty about that? You don't feel like you're doing enough? I'm not saying you're not doing something, but you got to be doing... you got to be like when you first come to truth, it's just like being in kindergarten. you got to grow to the first grade. you got to grow through arithmetic till you get to math in seventh grade or whatever grade they come to it now. Then you got to get on up to algebra and trigonometry and then pre-calculus in high school. Then you go on to college. You have to grow. But if you're not growing, you never do grow, you're not going to heaven. If you depend on one night walking down the aisle and accepting Christ, that is not it. Boy, that's frustrated me. I'm never so frustrated. My father said, if you don't know tonight, you better get saved tonight. I'd keep on walking down that aisle. Has anybody done that besides me? You didn't know what in the world to do. And you wanted to do something. I didn't know I was already a believer. If you're seeking Christ, you're a believer. Every time I'd walk the aisle, I didn't know I was already a believer. I'd been believing God since I was about six or seven. 
And my father kept saying, if you don't know tonight, I resented my father's message. I didn't even know I resented. I couldn't figure out how to do it. It's not something you do. It's something God does in you. It's something you have to do. Now, read on here. Your mind, your thinking, your perception is corrupted. The Pharaoh. Your thinking becomes rotten. P-H. T-H. E-I-R-O. It means to rot. Your thinking just... It's like these preachers just walk the aisle and accept Christ during the invitation. That's not true. You preachers ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm looking at the camera. Your thinking is corrupted from the simplicity, from the haplotase, singleness, haplotase, H-A-P-L-O-T-E-S, from the singleness when you're young and you have a single feeling when I was young I was real innocent at five and six and seven years old I had to learn to be corrupt and I did did you? well I learned it I think one of the problems with the preachers they don't identify with the people because they don't confess their sin to the people nobody here has been a bigger sinner than me you know how I know? I sing in nightclubs all over America from coast to coast as a pop singer. I sing in colleges and concerts. You know what's out there in those places? Sin. That's all. I know what sin is like. You can't tell me nothing about it. Now, Haplotase has the same idea as holy. Well, as a child, you're in a sense holy. You become lost. Lost sheep belong to God. Goats are never lost. Goats are wild and don't need a shepherd. Sheep have to have a shepherd. We were his sheep before the foundation of the world. When he said, I give to my sheep eternal life, he didn't mean I give goats eternal life and turn them into sheep. He says, I give my sheep there in John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and I know them. And I give unto my possessive pronoun. I owned them before they were born. Before the foundation of the world, they belonged to me. And he told the Pharisees, you will not believe because you're not of my sheep. Get out of here. Will you read a verse? Well, yeah, where is it? Chapter 4, verse 3 in Second Corinthians. Yeah. All right. Chapter 4, verse 3. Mary wants me to read this. 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Then he says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Let me ask you something. Everybody, the preachers get this wrong. Who is the God of this world? Jehovah. That's right. Has anybody thought that the God of this world was Satan? Huh? Has anybody thought that? Is Satan a God? No. There's only one God. That's Jehovah God. And he's the one that's blinded their eyes. Satan's a prince. 
Yeah, he's a prince. He's not a god. If they, if if anybody actually read this, if you understand that the God of this world is Jehovah, and you understand this one verse, it clears up all the sovereignty of God. If he's the God of this world, he's blinded their eyes. That's one of the best predestination verses to know who the God of this world is. Now look over in the 11th chapter. The world is teaching this other Jesus. He says he blinded your mind for the simplicity that is in Christ. And what he says in verse 4 is there's some preachers coming to Corinth and they're preaching a Jesus, but it's the wrong Jesus. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached. I hadn't I don't preach this Jesus of the other churches. I don't I don't believe I don't hear hardly anybody preaching the Jesus that I preach. He wants evil to happen. He creates evil. He said, so I make peace and keep read evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. I wrote a paper on all the evil that God does, and I took it out of the Old Testament. And it, over and over and over again, he said, I create this evil against Israel. I caused Babylon to come in and carry them away into captivity. Then after Babylon carried them away, then I corrected Babylon. I said, you kill my people. You, you mess with my people. I'll destroy you. I don't even understand that, but I believe it because God said it. He calls Babylon to come in, then he holds them accountable for it. That's kind of like he created us in these bodies with the sinful natures and then says, Thou shalt not, and when you do, I'm going to hold you accountable for it. Can you get hold of that? In your bodies, you've got a sinful nature. And you're supposed to live right. He doesn't say, if you don't do what I say. He says, when you don't do this, I'm going to chastise you and scourge you and make you obey me. Might take him 40 years or 50 years. or When you get to be 60-ish, you realize you haven't arrived. You get old and you say, Lord, I never have arrived. I just keep arriving every day. And Mary's been talking about that a lot lately. I've seen her change. Unbelievable. She said, why did I wait till I got old to want to read all these verses in the Bible? I said, that's God's timing with you. You say, I don't want to do these things yet. Well, you have to if you belong to God. You can't get by without doing this. Look here. He says, These guys that are coming will preach another Jesus whom we have not preached and receive another spirit which we have not received. Now, the Holy Spirit is truth, isn't it? And that's taking off the cover, removing the cover. They're preaching a holy a spirit that doesn't remove the cover, doesn't take the cover off and reveal to you what it means. Or another gospel, which you have not accepted. He said, my problem is, I'm afraid you might well bear with these preachers, and they'll pull you away, and you'll be apostate. I don't like these preachers, Paul is saying. 
Who are these preachers? More and more, I become convinced that these preachers are D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N-S, Damonions. I believe they are demons. Not there's no such thing as a demon. Demon means to distribute fortunes. Does that is that what Kenneth Copeland preaches? Distributing fortunes. He's got thousands. He's got thousands of acres of land. He's got one house that's eighteen thousand square feet. He's got thousands of cattle, and he's stolen all this money from little bitty poor people. Is he a demon? Yeah, I really believe that unregenerated goats or demons. It's like these two men in Matthew 8. He's, Jesus is talking to two men in Matthew 8. Matthew 8 is a corresponding chapter. Is a corresponding chapter to Mark 5. Mark 5. Mark 5. Matthew 8 and and Luke 8. It's talking about the man that's so-called demoniac. I don't believe he's a demoniac, but when it talks about him over there in Matthew 8, look here. I believe when a man is never... Demon means to distribute fortunes, demonion means to distribute fortunes, distribute fortunes. And the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And look here what he's got this man possessed with devils in verse 28. Remember, possessed with devil, demonizomai means to be insane. When you're insane, you have a demon. Demon is self. No such thing as Demons. And then he says here, look here, look at verse 28. When he came to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, it's the same thing as Gadara, Gadarenes, there met him two possessed with devils. Possessed with devils is the word D-A-I-M-O-N-I-Z-O. D-A-I-M-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Demonizomai means is the word possessed with devils. Possessed with devils has one meaning to it. It's, it means to be insane. But I'm going to point out something to you here. Behold, they cried out, saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before it's time for us to get over ourselves? Because all that's in them is the desire for self. And there was a good way off them that them and heard of many swine feeding. The word swine is the word boar, B-O-A-R. That's a male pig. So the devils besought him. 
How many devils were there? Two. The word is demonion. The two demons sought Jesus. These two men were possessed with self. Now in Mark 5 and in Luke 8, he's only speaking to one of them. He only casts the self out of one of them, not the other. It it doesn't mention the other one in Mark 5 and Luke 8. And he goes on to say, when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. I got many things to say about that. Don't have time to say it this morning. And the whole herd of swine ran violently down steep in the place into the sea. That's amazing here because it says into the sea here. It says into the pit in Luke 8. Always babbling as it sinks, it goes into the sea. And in the 51st chapter of Jeremiah, Babylon sunk into the Euphrates, where Jeremiah said, you go up there to Babylon, and you take this book, put it on a, put a stone with it, put a rope on it, and cast it in the Euphrates, and tell them, so shall Babylon sink. And when you see Babylon going down in Revelation, the 18th chapter, Babylon sinks into the sea. These have a Babylonish attitude. What he cast into the swine was the desire for self. Because Jesus said demons were self. When the man said in Mark the first chapter, I've said this so many times, Mark the first chapter, the man says, what, what have we to do with thee? He used plural. And Jesus rebuked him A-U-T-O, self, masculine gender, singular. Jesus changes the gender, and he changes the number, self, you. Tells the man it's just you. Now, I don't know what got me over there. Now let's go back over here to 2 Corinthians 11 chapter. Now, who are these? Who is this other Jesus? He goes on and goes down through her and he brings out the point of who the other Jesus is. And he says in verse 13, for such are false apostles. He's talking about these men that's coming to Corinth. Such are false apostles transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. That's who these preachers are in these churches that preach free will. I believe free will, like Luther said, is a downright lie. Predestination is in everything we do. God creates the evil. He wants the evil to happen so he can redeem us out of it. If if our names are written in the book of life before the foundation of the world... And we are his children before the war began. He's going to have to make sure there's some sin here, isn't he? How can you have mercy? I've said this so many times. How can you have mercy if there's no wrath? If there's nothing bad, what do you call good? You call it, it has no word. If there's no if there's no sour, no bitter of any kind, and everything in the world is sweet, what do you call sweet? 
Sweet is only sweet because it has something to be measured against, isn't it? It you sweet you say, well, that pasture is uh, it wouldn't have a definition, would it? God has to have wrath to have mercy. He creates his own wrath, he brings it to the earth, causes it to go in the hearts of men, and then says, Now I'm gonna punish you for that. I'm gonna put you in hell forever. Men go to hell by the will of God. They don't go to hell by their will. The Bible says, God willing to show the wrath of man. It doesn't say his wrath like it says in the English text. It says, the te orge. Feminine wrath. That's the wrath of Babylon. That's the wrath of covetousness. God wanted to show the wrath of mankind so that he he endured them with much long suffering so he can show his power and make his power known when he puts them in hell. He wants this to happen. Do you want to act like a vessel of wrath the rest of your life? If you don't, Go take a look in the mirror and kick yourself right in the tail and stay, say to yourself, start doing right. Quit gossiping. Quit getting angry. Quit losing your temper in your mind. It has to start in your mind before it comes out your mouth, doesn't it? If God is working everything after the counts of his own will, that means everything that's happening in your life that irritates you. The things that irritate you, that they get your goat, do you want to lash out and get somebody back for that? Did you know that God ordained everything in your life that's happening? He works all things after the counts of his own will. He's declared the end from the beginning in your life and in my life. And the things that are not yet done that's going to bug you and irritate you, did you not know that yet? Yeah, but this person did this. Well, who cares? That's God doing it through them. Yeah, but this is really terrible. It was. Well, good for you for figuring that out. That was, had the hand of God on it before it happened. Did you not know that? Boy, we we can't, even as believers, we can't picture God as that kind of a God, can we? I have learned at my age, I'll be 80 here shortly. Well, if you don't learn this by the time you're 80, you're just really messed up. If God is doing everything, he, it's easy to understand God is doing all the good things, isn't it? That's easy. Understanding that God is doing every bad thing and every bad person that comes in your life and causes you grief. He's doing that too. Why not just leave it alone? They don't preach that in the other Jesus churches, do they? No. And he goes on to say, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers, he's talking about these men coming, preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Satan's ministers also will be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. They look like preachers. They pastor the churches all over America. And some of them are very respectable, like Charles Stanley, 
like Adrian Rogers, who hated predestination. Adrian Rogers, one of the one of the few pastors, pastor of the second largest church of the Southern Baptist Convention, Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, he utterly hated predestination. I tell you what you do, I challenge you, go online, look up Adrian Rogers preaching, has God predestinated people to hell? And he says, no, absolutely not. And he hated, he reads Romans eight twenty nine, and he despised it. He said, don't mean that. I couldn't stand Adrian Rogers. There wasn't a bigger Southern Baptist preacher in America than Adrian Rogers. He lied straight through his teeth. He had people walking down the aisle not accepting Christ. That is the standard for conservative Bible teaching in America today. Walk down the aisle, accept Christ, let Jesus in your heart and your home free. No, you are not. There's no obedience. Faith has obedience. They don't preach that in these churches. There's no death to self. There's no predestination in these Baptist churches all up and down this street, in these Church of Christ, in these Pentecostal churches. No predestination. Therefore, they can't preach there's none good, not one, none seeketh after God. They can't preach that because they're going to have to change the words to get people into the kingdom. There's no blessed. They think you're blessed if you got lots of money. The Bible says, Blessed you me when men shall hurt you, when they hate you, when they reproach you. Make Reproach means to make infamous. When they reproach you, anizo, A-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O, a N E I D I Z O. Bless you, and men shall reproach you, make you infamous, not famous. You can't be famous and go to heaven. Singers out there, country singers, gospel singers, the more famous you get, the further away from God you get. Don't you? You have to be infamous, reproached. Are these other Jesus preachers preaching that? No. I don't hear anybody saying you have to be infamous. They clap their hands if they got some famous singer in there. That that girl duet, what's her name? Uh, Naomi and Winona. They go out to this big fancy church on the other side of town, a charismatic church, and they honor them when they come in. They're famous. And one movie, the movie star daughter, beautiful woman, took all her clothes off in a movie, and they honor her and raise her up out there. And she's famous, and they're famous, and they like famous people out there. And they honor famous people. And you're supposed to be infamous. You become infamous when you take a stand for truth and obedience to God's Word. The the main theme this morning is obedience. You have to obey God to be believing Him, to have faith in Him. Faith worketh by love, by agape. By being, agape is obedience. It's walking in God's commandments, Second John 6. You have to be obeying God to be saved. That's what faith is. People say, what gets me is the Calvinist reformers. They'll say, 
told us today. Faith only. And they'll preach that. Well, we're saved by faith only. We're not saved by works, but faith involves works. Everything that faith is, we need to study faith over and over and over. Faith is understanding, isn't it? And there's none that understandeth and seeketh after God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hypostasis, you can't come up and say, faith only and just faith and that's all you got to have and forget works, don't talk about it. Works is a part of it, but it's the righteous works of God. It's not your good works or good deeds. Will you do good deeds? Certainly you will. Will you take credit for it? No. You'll say, Christ in me is causing me to do these things. If you live for yourself the rest of your life, you don't know God. Somewhere in your life, he's got to change your life to living for others and for him and being obedient to him. I don't know why preachers don't preach that. Yes, you have to have faith, but he has to put that in your heart. He has to give that to you because you don't seek God. If you have faith, that comes from God also. It's not come from you. Believing God is not something you do. It's something he puts in your heart. He picked you out before the world began. If you'll notice, the other Jesus is exactly opposite to predestination, isn't it? I haven't gotten near as far as I wanted to. So he says, Satan's transformed into an angel of light, and his ministers are transformed. Transformed, metaschematizo, M-E-T-A, S-C-H-E-M-A-T-I-Z-O. Each time that's mentioned, it's this word. It means disguise. (laughs) Preachers come disguised as preachers of righteousness. And they belong to the devil. If they're not telling the truth about predestination, they're not believing preachers. Gosh, how many is that? You mean you're going to be that hard on predestination? Absolutely. You cannot say, well, I don't believe that predestination. Then you don't believe God. You just don't believe anything else either. You don't believe he, that God, Jehovah God is the God of this world. You don't believe you have to agonize over sin or have to humble under God's hand. You don't have believe you have to forbear with the believers. You don't believe you have to have compassion on people. Well, I'll have compassion if they'll do right. Well, they don't need that then. They need it now while they're doing wrong. You need to understand that maybe they had a real bad childhood. Maybe things were so bad for them they didn't know how to grow up. Well, I'll have compassion on him for killing that guy or for raping those people or for robbing that bank. When he straightens out and does right, that's not when he needs compassion. He needs it now. Oh, boy. Without, look over here in Matthew 7. You're not going to go to heaven just because you want to go. If you go to heaven, you're going to have to go the right way. The narrow way. The narrow way is faith. If you're in the narrow way, stop and think. Faith believes God. It doesn't believe self. It crucifies self, doesn't it? Well, if faith crucifies self, 
and you go on the narrow way, then you have faith in the narrow way. Faith equals tribulation. And if you're going that way, then you're actually going opposite to self. You're actually crucifying self with faith. Faith believes on somebody else instead of yourself. I've given the illustration. If you go out to Colorado and there's this Royal Gorge Bridge, there's about a thousand drop, thousand feet drop, or however deep it is, it's a way long way down to the bottom of the gorge. You don't drive up to the bridge and say, I need to get an engineer out here when that contests those cables for tensile strength and make sure my car will be held up. You would have to believe the men that built the bridge, so you just drive out on it. Drive on across. You've got to trust that they knew what they were doing. That's in a sense is faith in somebody else. And when you have faith, you've got to crucify your thinking. So faith is death to self and anything that makes you get in the narrow way and everything and that's belief and doing truth in order to do truth you have to go against your flesh over here so all of this is the same way you're actually when you're doing truth that's faith I didn't know what faith was has anybody ever asked themselves what faith is it is, faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you have understand, substance is understanding. But you, no man understands us, so if you understand, God has to put that in your heart. And the way you understand is with a daily cross. If you go to an algebra class in college, you have to crucify yourself about everything you think you know. Well, I just don't think that axiom is right the, and the professor's going to say, you need to leave the class or listen one of the two. You have to crucify self in order to learn, aren't you? To learn what you're supposed to be doing takes crucifying self. That's faith. And you'll start doing right, righteousness. Now look here in Matthew 7. Just because you want to go to heaven doesn't mean you're going. You have to be birthed by Christ. That's not your will. It's his will. It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And you'll be born by the will of God. We're born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God's will. So when you're born, that's just the beginning. You have to learn to be obedient so God starts putting you through fire and trials and persecution and make your life difficult. That's how if righteous scarcely be saved. God makes it hard on us to be believers. Don't think it's easy. It's not. I go out here and battle the world every day. Somewhere I talk to somebody about truth. Every Just follow me. I do it around any of you that are with me. Don't don't we do that all the time, Dave? If I run into Dave at the at up here at the supermarket, I say, Dave, when we get up to the cashier, I'm going to tell you things about the Bible that you already know. You just comment to me. Say, is that right? 
And I said, we'll have a conversation and we'll make those people hear us, that checker there, and they'll hear us whether they like it or not. So we'll get up there and I'll say, that predestination, I think that's what David said. Really, what does that mean? I said, well, you know, the Bible says for whom he did for no, he also did predestinate. And here's a guy over here just a few feet away listening going, We'll do that, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> we we bounce off each other, and he'll ask me these crazy questions about predestination in here, and we're able to preach to people. We do anything we can to trick people into hearing, and they don't even know they're going to hear. We, me and Dave was walking through the store one day, this one lady saw us, and she come up and grab both of us. Y'all are so wonderful, and she's hugging us, and I just love your message on TV, and we hadn't seen her since. <laughs> that was a couple of years ago, yeah, wasn't it? lady with black hair, I remember. <laughs> well, she ran into me one time, grabbed me and hugged me. And said, You're just so wonderful, and she lived around the corner of there on Allen Drive, just a block from me. I see her in the front yard once in a while when I drive by there. She hadn't been here yet. She don't love it that much. She was impressed with it. Now, look here. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. What does that mean? All the false prophets, all the false shepherds, they all wore the wool of the sheep. They looked like a real shepherd. That's like... All the preachers in these churches out here wear a suit and a tie. Some of them wear a vest with a watch fob. And they look real good. Outwardly, they are white. They're white. They're white in sepulchers. Within, they're full of dead men's bones. If they're not telling the truth, they're a false teacher. And it's everybody in this town that I know of that calls himself a preacher. You cannot be preaching free will and be preaching truth. Free will doesn't fit in with anything. There is no free will. There is self-will that man has, and all the will he has to do is sin, nothing else. But they're in sheep's clothing. Inward, they are ravening wolves. A ravening wolf is one that's snarling and eating up the sheep. Ye shall know them by their fruits. If they don't have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, all of those things there in Galatians 5, starting in verse 22, they don't know God. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? You're going to be able to tell what they are if they have no fruit of the Spirit. And I'd have to go through the fruit of the Spirit and give you the, each word. Love is the word agape. That means walking in the commandments of God. You can eliminate them right there. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. They're, Chris, they're the, serving the Christmas Jesus. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth good fruit is hewn, that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now, I got many things to say about that. Jesus killed a fig tree in Mark 11 because it wasn't bearing fruit. But if it, he looked at a distance from it 
and he saw he was in the fig tree area, Beth Page, a Beth Page, house of figs. And he saw that it had leaves on the tree, but you have to know that the leaves come on the tree before after the first fruits. There were preseasoned figs. So he knew there should have been figs on the tree because it had leaves. That's why it says it had leaves. But he said the time of figs was not yet. Time of figs sounds like it means the fig harvest. That's not what it means. When you go into McLennan and Strong, look up fruit trees, it'll tell you time of figs means the fig harvest hadn't happened yet. They hadn't been taken off the tree. Leaves are on the tree. There should have been figs there. So Jesus walks up the tree and curses the tree. But it was against a lot of cursed fruit trees in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter, the last two verses, unless the 17th chapter of Leviticus, it was five years old or older, not bearing fruit, and it was barren. Jesus was God. He knew how old the fig tree was, so he killed the fig tree. It was barren. It was at least five years old. He wouldn't have broken the law. And then they argued with Jesus. Peter says, Behold, the tree you cursed is dead. Jesus said, and when Peter said, Behold, he used the word ide, an exclamation of surprise. You killed a fruit tree, Jesus. He said, Have faith in God. If you'll say to this mountain of self, of Babylon, You've made yourself a name. You're contradicting me. I know how the tree was. Have faith in God. And if you'll say to this mountain of self, be removed, be thou cast into the sea and not die in your heart. You'll have whatsoever you saith, but you can have what you say when you agree with me. And that goes back to confessing. Homo legato, being of the same. I didn't give you a verse there in Titus 1.16 concerning confess. I love this. He said, some men profess with the mouth that they know me, but in works they deny God. What they do, see, it's not just a matter of what comes out of your mouth. Profess is the same word, homologeo. H-O-M-O-L-O-G-E-O. They say with their mouth that they believe God, but in works they are dying. What you do is what you believe. If you're not doing the truth, you don't believe God. Somewhere in your life, in your life, you got to start believing the truth. You got to start doing it. If you do the truth, you're going to change your life. You're going to. If your mind changes, God changes you a little bit at a time. And you have to. Listen to God. I don't believe in this other Jesus they preach. That's a Christmas Jesus. It's a nice little baby in a manger that never gets to a cross, never says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Take, deny, and follow are commands. They are imperative moods in the Greek. Luke nine twenty three. You have to be taking your cross. You have to deny self. If you never... Aparneomai. That's the word deny there in Luke 9, 23. It means to contradict utterly. If if you're not growing to a place 
where you're contradicting your desires and you still want to argue and fight for your way and you do that all your life, you never have believed God. God, this is not something I'm saying. It's something he said. You have to be doing the truth, doing righteousness. How many messages have I preached on doing the truth, doing righteousness, being righteous to God? I did a message years ago. I didn't do it on on DVD. It was called Doing Truth. Mary said that's her favorite message that I ever did. She said everybody needs to hear that. Number 75. I'm number 75. 75th DVD. 75th message I preached. We got 3,875 this morning. That was 3,800 messages ago. Now, just because you want to go to heaven don't mean you're going to heaven. If God doesn't change you and doesn't work on you to stop looking out for yourself and defending yourself. I don't believe in defending myself. When people attack me, I say, okay. I just leave it alone. And when they say a lie, I say, well, you're lying. They write me an email and say something. I say, that's not true. You don't know what you're talking about. You're ignorant. And people say, you don't need to be insulting. Ignorant means to be unlearned. <laughs> That's what it means. How much time do I have, Mike? Nine. Nine. I'm not getting through all these things I want to get through. Look here. Just because you want to go to heaven don't mean you're going. If God doesn't change you and doesn't work in your life to cause you to be obedient to him, you're not going. You're not saved. You never have been saved. You didn't get saved. This is a work of God and his people and he'll overcome you over time. You say, I, Jim, I'm young and I just don't feel that way. Well, you will if you belong to him. You'll get over you. Like the old song says. Over you. Then he says, By their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in to the kingdom of heaven. Just because you say, you are my Lord, Kurios, Kurios. If he is your Lord, your Kurios, you will do what he says. Do, do, do. Do what Christ said. I don't hear pre- preachers talking about doing the truth. Do you? And that's not something you will do. It's something God will overtake your life and cause you to be willing to stop you. How's that? Stop me? Yeah, stop yourself. And your opinions, go straight to the Lord and say, I want to live for you and do for you. Yeah, but if I do that, people will run over me. Well, fine. That's between them and God, not between you and them. That's okay. But they're not going to run over you. When you start talking to people about truth, they're going to run from you rather than over you. They don't want to hear that. (laughs) Most of them don't. So not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Boy, you think doing is in this? Do you have to do the will of God? Absolutely. 
many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, we want to come into heaven. I remember accepting Christ and walking down the aisle. Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and thy name done many wonderful works? I heard John Hagee quote this one time. He said, somewhere in the Bible it says, how about Matthew 7? I couldn't believe a man his age didn't know where it was. Somewhere in the Bible it says, many are going to say, Lord, Lord, have we prophesied in thy name, thy name cast out devils? I said, I just hollered at the TV. John, that's you. He's quoting a verse that condemned himself. Wouldn't I be terrible to go into eternity and you quoted those verses? I'm not talking about some people call the uppity Methodist preachers, the modernists. I'm talking about the people that call themselves conservative, evangelical, Bible believers in America are not telling the truth. I listen. How do you know, Jim? I listen to them all the time. We were riding down the road, and Mary said, I can't stand listening to that no more. I'm, saying, I'm listening to what he's saying. Well, I'll turn it off. It bothers her when her blood pressure. <laughs> listen to some guy rattling lying. I don't blame her for that. I'm listening for information that I can attack them with. And then while I'm professing to them, I never knew you. That word knew is the word gnosko. Remember the word prognosco? The I-N-O-S-K-O. Prognosco is the word foreknow. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Only the foreknown of God have been predestined. When people say God predestined everybody, he couldn't have because he said, I never knew you. And the ones that he knew... He knew intimately beforehand. He didn't just know us. He knew us before the foundation of the world, didn't he? But he didn't just know us. He know us, so we're his children, and we're going to obey him, and he'll deal with you till you do.